This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. There has been a collaborative report between the World Wildlife Fund, the WWF and Investec Asset Management. And the report is entitled Sustainability and Satellites, New Frontiers in Sovereign Debt Investment. And on the telephone now from Cape Town, Investec Asset Management is Portfolio Manager Vivian Tabra. It sounds very, very complicated to me. New frontiers in sovereign debt investment, sustainability and satellites. Maybe you could provide the background, please, Vivian. Yes, I think there's increasingly been a focus from investors, um, both asset managers outside of the business and the and final investors on ESG considerations. Traditionally, the focus has been really more on governance and on social focuses. Environmental issues have, have had the short straw. And increasingly, what we're finding is that the, although there are the linkages into um, economic performance of the country take longer, environmental studies and, and what is happening in terms of environmental mental protection in countries is very important. Um, And this paper was really to focus on that, to say, let's look at the environmental side, look at what's happening and look how we can use um, what the geospatial data is telling us around what's happening to the environment in helping us become better investors into the countries that we invest in. You use the word important. Is it important to the economy of the country or is it important to make an asset management company like Investec Asset Management feel good about what they're doing because there's a fine line between the two. Yes, I think hopefully you get to the second because the first is important. Um, so that's the that's the way you'd look at it. I think, you know, if you look at something like governance or budget deficit or if you look at something like education, it's very easy to see those linkages. Once you start looking at the environmental side, those linkages take much longer. But to give you a, a good example, you know, we land up with an environment Uh, where you land up with deforestation, that deforestation leads to agriculture. Agriculture then leads to um, maybe, I don't know, initially cattle farming um, in, in, in Brazil and then eventually it goes into soy production. Um, what we what you do find is there's a short-term benefit there but unless it's done in a sustainable manner um, you get a short-term boost to the economy but there's a long-term impact there that can actually be quite damaging to that economy be it because of reduced rainfall, um, lack of water, um, increased pesticides, um, all those kind of things that then filter into the economy and have a longer-term impact. So rather than just looking at sort of the shorter term impacts, you also need to look at what's going to happen longer term and whether a country is using its resources sustainably. The report that was published on the 12th explores, you say here, how new research techniques relating to the application of spatial data in finance are transforming the ability of sovereign debt portfolio managers to assess environmental risks. How important is it for portfolio managers to take notice of environmental risks when it comes to assessing an investment from its potential returns in the future, but also from the moral and environmental issues that this report is highlighting. 
I think you've got to look at it from both angles, um, both the sort of return on your investment, because that is ultimately what you want to get. You want to get a sustainable, a long-term investment. And as a sovereign investor, you want you want to be invested in for the longer term. Um, you'd want GDP per capita to go up. You'd want credit spreads to come down. You want to be rewarded in that basis. You want them to be able to repay their debt. So that's the reward side of it. And then there is the moral angle as well, is that we are consuming assets, our natural assets on the planet, much faster uh, then we can replace them. And that, that does ultimately mean that there's an existential risk here if we carry on doing what we're doing. Yes, indeed. Satellites and Sustainability examines how spatial data, including satellite imaging, could enhance investors' understanding of environmental risks at the country level. The report outlines three major points. Number one, which I'd like you to comment upon, uh, the destruction of nature poses risk to national economies and consequently countries' ability to repay debt. Therefore, sovereign bond investors need to address environmental risks in their portfolios. What percentage of sovereign bond investors do you think look at the issues that we're bringing up today? That's a difficult one. I think um, traditionally it was relatively few. I think increasingly the majority of um, sovereign bond investors are starting to look at these metrics. Um, it is very important to decide um, long as you as you mentioned long term whether you will be able to repay the debt. What's happening? Is there a drought? Um, does there need to be uh, relief? Um, you know how much how much subsidy is required in terms of food. What is that? How is that going to impact the economy? All these things over the longer term play out in terms of the returns that sovereign bond investors are going to get on their investment into these countries' sovereign debt. Point number two: analysis of geospatial data and satellite imagery will increasingly allow investors to obtain more accurate and timely assessments of environmental degradation. So in other words, you'll get a picture of a country and you'll say, this country's degradation of its natural environment has increased by 27% last year, therefore I really don't want to invest in it. That is my, that is my simplistic analysis of point number two. Yeah, I don't think it's quite that straightforward. I think if, if we look at a lot of sort of ESG data that we have, a lot of it is quite dated. So geospatial on the environmental side is starting to change that because the data is, is becoming much, much more up well, much more immediate. So, for example, um, you're able to see how many fires are in Indonesia where they cl they're clearing where they're clearing a forest um, to 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 um, farm palm oil. So it becomes much more immediate. You can start seeing actually what we saw in in Brazil in 2016 was into the election. We saw a big increase in deforestation. You can then watch and see is that turning down. You can see how policy is working. Um, so yes, it does give you it gives you the tools to be able to ask the right questions of policymakers and to make the right decisions. I think you need to be it, it, it needs to be looks at sort of holistically um, it's not just about you know putting a big stick over over governments and 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 saying you know we are not going to invest because you're doing this you need to understand why they're doing that and see what the policy response is you need we need to encourage them to do the right thing and we as investors need to do the right thing Point number three, this will enhance investors' ability to evaluate and monitor environmental risks and facilitate their engagement with sovereign issues in encouraging the adoption of fiscal agendas that deliver for people, investors and the planet. I think often what happens is, as investors, our time horizon becomes quite short term. Um, and that's where you can get the discrepancy between what is good over the longer term for the planet and for investment over the longer term and shorter term market moves. And I think that 
things like this geospatial data give you a good way to balance that. A representative of the WWF, the World Wildlife Fund in the UK, said the following in the report that you co-authored with them. Uh, We are the first generation to know we are destroying our planet and the last one, the last one that can do anything about it. Sovereign debt investors are uniquely placed to help in the fight for our world through a robust and comprehensive integration of environmental considerations into their investment and government engagement strategies. How do you feel that investor asset management, whether it be in London or in, in Cape Town, fits in with this? You've been buying into this for a number of years, I know that. Yes, I think, you know, um, sort of the, the environmental, social and governance aspect um, has always been important as part of our investment process. I do think that over the last couple of years, with um, all the all the information that's come to light in terms of climate change and what we are doing to our environment, it's made everyone realise that this is a much more pressing problem um, than was realised sort of a a, a decade ago and that really we are, as WWS says, the last generation that is in position to do something about it, to make sure that that we look after our planet and invest responsibly and make sure that um, we... We, we push those values forward in everything we do. And when we engage, when we engage with um, policymakers, it's important for us to do so. The final quote that I'll read is from a colleague of yours, Head of Fixed Income and Investec Asset Management, Peter Erdmans. He says, there is mounting evidence that environmental factors can shape the destinies of national economies and materially influence sovereign debt portfolios. Spatial analysis has the potential to transform the way sovereign debt investors address the risks and opportunities arising from the stresses on the natural world. What sort of influence does Investec Asset Management have over sovereign debt investors and portfolios? Are you an influence and do people take notice of you? Well, I think certainly on our own we wouldn't be, but as part uh, as part of the a group of of sovereign investors, if we are all moving in the same direction, we very definitely have the ability to influence policymakers. Um, governments need um, investors to buy their sovereign bonds to be able to sort of fulfil their obligations um, and and look after and look after their their populations. And we are quite well placed as sovereign debt investors to ask them the right questions. To you know not only ask them how much money are you spending of your budget in looking after this, how how good is your regulatory framework in terming in terms of enforcing um, the, the the regulations that you put through to protect the environment but also to um, enable them to push the agenda forward in the, in the in the correct way with the population certainly we are quite well placed to sit down with the ministry of finance and say we see you're spending you know x percentage of your budget on environmental protection how well is it being spent are you meeting your goals what does regulation look like how can this improve what can we do to help as as sovereign investors i think all all aspects are important Fun question, and this is going off at a little bit of a tangent now. I've always thought in the past that the world is going to eventually expire because we are, as we've spoken about in the last 10 minutes or so, uh, we're using up our natural resources at an unnatural rate. Uh, But then you get a company that comes onto the New York Stock Exchange or one of the US stock exchanges that makes meat from plants. And you think to yourself, well, actually, that could stop the degradation of rainforests in uh, various countries, and therefore there won't be so many cows and cattle uh, grazing away on, on grasslands. And we are actually doing something. We're a resourceful and resilient bunch, us human beings. So there is hope. 
Yes, there's definitely hope. And I think even without taking that step and going that far, just in terms of the way that agriculture is managed and in terms of the way um, foodstuffs are produced, there's certainly a huge amount of room for improvement in efficiencies as well. So I think, you know, that's one of one of the key things. If you look at part of the paper, looked at the Cerrado region in, in Brazil and its importance in terms of, of um, producing soy and, 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 for, cat, and for cattle, but it's the degradation of the Cerrado has been immense. It's now being recognized for the first time that actually you don't need further destruction of the natural vegetation. You can instead concentrate on improving production. Um, I think Latin America, for example, has been quite successful in that over the last over the last few years, but there's still a long way to go. And ensuring that, you know, you get more per acre under cultivation or being used for cattle. Vivian, I think one of the ways that we can best describe what we've been talking about is to use an example. I love using examples. And if we take a country like Brazil, which has new leadership and has to balance the needs of the people with economic growth, GDP growth, gross demand domestic product, but also has to maintain its environmental stance, which has been called into question recently. Maybe you could give us an example of Brazil, because I think it's a case in point. Yes, I think, you know, just take taking a step back, if you look at the, if you look at a country, I think traditionally, the market has been too focused focused on gross domestic products and what that means. But actually, in terms of making sure that a country is sustainable going forward over the longer term and can meet the social objectives that it has for its population, you also have to look at its balance sheet. And its balance sheet is really its natural resources. So looking after those natural resources and making sure that they're sustainable over the longer term, or if they're not sustainable, like things like mining resources, making sure that they're well utilized are very important part for, for countries' development um, going forward. So I think Brazil is an example there where, you know, we had a period where um, essentially Brazil got Dutch disease um, and we saw a depletion of nat natural resources. We saw a boom coming from that over the, the over the shorter term, but we saw it not being them not being used sustainably. And then we saw a fall in GDP. We saw a very severe economic impact, and we saw them move in, in, into recession. I think that's very it's, it's very important to look after those natural resources and ensure that that they create a good future for the people within in the country. And the Cerrado again in Brazil is a good example a good example of that. You know. Yes, over the short term, you can kill, re remove the natural vegetation. Um, you can put cattle on on the land. You can then um, have soy farmed on the on the lands. But unless it's done in a sustainable uh, manner, the long term benefits to the economy are not there. Um, you do get a short term boost to GDP, but over the longer term, you're not going to be able to meet your social social objectives. So you're saying that in the medium and long term, there is an inextricable link between economic growth, long term sustainable economic growth and protection of the environment in countries like Brazil? Yes, there is. I think and I think people have realised that more and more. Vivian, thank you very much for your insight. Vivian Tabra is a portfolio manager at Investec Asset Management in Cape Town. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.